Hey, welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king. Espinal. And joining me, it is my partner in crime. It is the man, the myth, the legend, Joshua Gangsta Time. Cool. Full partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What up, Chris? Hey, buddy. Brian. What up, everybody listening? Hell yeah. Uh, also joining us is the uh, disembodied voice of our producer. It is my brother, Edgelord. Big news, Brian. Josh, you spoiled I was here. I didn't even get introduced, and they just knew I was here? That's the, You ruined the dramatic surprise. I think it'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for joining us. We have uh, We have a really fun show playing this week so let's get right into plugs you could find me at the chris espinal on twitter and instagram joshua cole where can they find you jd cole underscore 37 and that's on instagram as well hell yeah brian you can find me at b.esp on both instagram and twitter and if you ever want to catch me when i'm streaming you can find me at twitch.tv slash it's punchline Oh, yeah. You can also follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter, especially because every week we do a weekly really good chapter of the week poll for you guys to decide what you guys his favorite uh, chapter was by committee. So get on it. Follow us. Uh, the poll goes up every Sunday uh, if I don't forget. But <laughs> this time I did not. I did it on Sunday. So go on there. Uh, cast your vote. We read the results every week. Uh, and I got the results for this week. So uh, let your voice be heard. Uh, you can email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to mention or talk about. That would be pretty sweet. Uh, or you can comment on whatever video you're listening, watching. Uh, speaking of videos, you can subscribe to our YouTube, hit that like button, uh, share, all that stuff. Uh, let's get this engagement fucking going, dudes. Uh, also, if you prefer an audio version of podcasts, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, we are on there. So check us out on that. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, without further ado, spoiler alerts ahead, it is time to randomize. One Piece. Let's go. This is One Piece chapter 1015 chains uh the opening page is senior pink getting carried by a stork because he looks like a baby hello <laughs> pretty good um last we left off with one piece uh luffy was yeeted into the ocean and uh all hopes looks to be lost uh kinemon took a devastating blow to the head uh and the battle's like you know not looking great for everybody. Chopper is like fighting Queen, and he just got munched at the opening of this chapter. <laughs> yeah, and it showed them, man. Yeah. Um, and he's like kind of freaking out because he just heard that Luffy lost. Uh, Kaido basically went on the loudspeaker and is like, you'll tell everyone I smoked Luffy. And uh, yeah, so everybody's just kind of reacting in confusion and all hopes is looking lost right now. Um but uh, Straw Hat's no better. Sanji is very amusingly walking through the crowd, smacking people around using Zoro as like a battering <laughs> ram. And Zoro's sleeping through all of it. Um, yeah, that is so wild. <laughs> it's pretty good. I didn't notice that he was sleeping, actually. Yeah. I just thought he didn't care. 
Yeah, no. I mean, you got to not care to be sleeping during this battle a little bit. But yeah, he's out. He's uh, out like a light. And um, yeah, Queen and um, Perospero are looking to fucking finish Chopper off. Uh, Perospero like unleashes a bunch of candy arrows and like a, and rains it down on the allies. Queen, I guess, just like manifests sharp teeth, which I don't think his type of dinosaur has, but I guess. Can you see when like the extra pointers come out? Maybe it's just weapons. Yeah. He's full of yeah, he seems to have eyes. weapons inside of him, which is very weird. He has like a cannon in his mouth or something. Hence the dinosaur laser. Um, but just as Chopper is about to get finished off, the man himself, Sanji, comes in, kicks Queen in his fucking face. Uh, and not just that, he kicks him so hard that he causes Queen to do just like a constant 360 rotation. Uh and knocks enemies away using Queen's entire head, including Perospero. He just gets whacked away, flies off, mm-hmm. knocked out for now, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, that's Sanji for you. He comes in, Chopper's crying, and Sanji's like, you fought well, but I'll take it from here. Uh, he hands Zoro over to Chopper, and he's like, go fix it. Go fix this asshole. He's got the strength of 10 when he's healthy. And Zora's just like, <laughs> 2,000. Yeah. Uh, their dynamic is so great. So, yeah, one-on-one battle established, I guess. I guess this time for real, Sanji's going to take down Queen. Um, and the battles continue on. Meanwhile, a much grimmer fate happens in the fir- in the crawl space of the first floor. Uh, as we see that um, Kiku's dead uh conjuro's dead and surprisingly enough keenanmon survived that massive blow to the very head. surprising yeah he i mean he's not in good shape he didn't survive like yeah that was nothing he's literally twitching on the floor uh <laughs> it's not good i feel bad i don't want to laugh <laughs> wait is it confirmed that keenanmon that that um kiku's dead yeah, brain damage yes yeah, she got he, she got stabbed pretty hard in the in the heart. I wouldn't be surprised. I think this is the point where like people really start dying in One Piece. Like Oda's established that people are starting to die now, and um, you know, as uh, as this is happening, uh, Kinemon stabs the blade into Kaido's skin. Um, Kaido looks down, and Kinemon starts to have remembrances of the t- of the day that he told Momonosuke to call him his dad. So that they would never discover that he was like Odin's son. So he's like, I will be your... It's to ensure your bloodline is a secret. Hey, Lord Momonosuke. <laughs> because he can't help himself. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's a very nice and cute scene where Kinemon's like, Momonosuke, father. And then at this moment, Kaido pulls out a knife from out of nowhere, it looks like. And he just stabs Keenanmon through the fucking heart, slams him on the ground. He is probably dead. I'm not doing the Mario sound effect, although I'm sure this is probably the end for him. I try to keep a door open when it comes to Oda, but this looks pretty lethal. Um, it's uh, yeah, that was a pretty sad death. Um, as uh, we cut over to Momonosuke as he's running away with Shinobu, he's carrying one of the Marys, uh, the little animals that. Uh, serve as like cameras and loudspeakers throughout uh, the Onigashima. He just starts yelling into it, and uh, he remembers that like 
when he was like freaking out because he could hear something he he hears someone say momo tell them and he relays to everyone in onigashima that luffy has confirmed to him and spoken to him and confirmed that he is still alive and he re- tells him that he will return to the battle so keep fighting no matter how painful or hard it is as long as you continue to breathe keep, continue the fight and we see luffy you know, still drowning, still falling deeper into the abyss. But he seems to be communicating with Momonosuke from some weird psychic, probably hockey connection, um, which is pretty fire. Uh, and pretty yeah, pretty that's really weird because we don't know what exactly it could be. It could be the voice of all things or it could be something else because it's weird that people voice have brought this up. Things? Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a thing that there's certain people like, like Luffy. God. Well, Momonosuke can hear the voice of all things. That's why he was able to hear Zo. Uh, Luffy could do the same. Right. Zoro has been hinted at being able to hear the voice of all things when he was fighting Mr. One way back in the day in Alabasta. But yeah, I mean, I think like because there's a little bit more confirmation down the road, but we'll get to that when we get to that. But yeah, basically, he, he gives a rallying cry. He's like, Luffy's going to win. And everybody's like, yeah. And we get shots of all the fighters going like, yeah, Luffy. Uh, and man, that was so fucking cool. I don't know why. It's like when I, w- I was reading this on the train one day, and I literally got goosebumps, dude. That moment, I was like, Wah! let's go. <laughs> I was here for it. Uh and at some point, I guess Kaido just catches up with Momonosuke, and he's like, are you satisfied now, son of Odin? <laughs> um, what happens next is a little unclear. It looks like Shinobu uses her ripe, ripe jutsu to escape somehow. Uh, I forgot what exactly her abilities are. I, uh, I know that they've been displayed before. Uh, Brian, can you look up Shinobu's uh, jutsu thing? Because it looks like it's a you know devil fruit. I think like a couple of the samurai have it, but I don't remember what hers was exactly. But um, whatever she does, it looks to um, separate Kaido, like break off of, like a piece of land in the back, separating Kaido and uh, and Momonosuke. And meanwhile, in the deep depths of the sea, you see Trafalgar Law's submarine pulling up to Luffy. Uh, and man, I did not see it coming. I mean, this is the second time this sub has come in for the clutch, dude. Uh, yeah, it's actually pretty wild how much like Oda's really good. And making us forget that they have a whole ass sub. Uh, it's pretty cool. Wait, what yeah, were you guys asking for when it came to uh, Shinobu? Shinobu? Shinobu's like jutsu, her ripe ripe jutsu. I don't remember what exactly it means. Um, so it gives her the ability to make any inorganic thing she touches rapidly mature and rot. Oh shit, that's pretty fire. That's yeah, so I- she oh. just made the ground beneath them, I guess, just collapse. That's pretty yeah, sick. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, good for Shinobi. That was a good move. Um, but anyway, Trafalgar Law's crew finds Luffy. Um, and meanwhile, back with Usopp, Otama, and uh, and Nami, they're just still running, you know, trying to get away from Big Mom. And someone, some voice just says, I'm glad to hear about Straw Hat. And they look down, and Nami's climb attack has a face. And, man, it is Zeus. He survived, our boy. It is Zeus, right? <laughs> yeah, our, uh, Zeus survives within the, uh, Nami's climb attack. Uh, 
Yeah, that that made me happy. Yeah, I mean, that. I'm happy for him. <laughs> Uh, weirdly enough, Zeus is a weird, tragic character in this arc. Who <laughs> said I'm glad to hear about Strawback? Sure, I just said, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, back with Big Mom and Kid, they're about to square off, uh, and uh, that's when Law shows up, and I called it. <laughs> Eustace and Law are gonna team up to fight against Big Mom. I, it's, it's not that big a deal. But still, I said, <laughs> I said what I said. Um, no, it makes sense that this is this. Them two together could probably be Big Mom. Yeah. Um, like realistically. Yeah. The chapter closes out with uh, someone calling out to Kaido, and it's Yamato going Kaido, and Yam- and Kaido looks up. He's like, "You mean father, don't you, Yamato?" And Yamato's like, "No, I've come here to cut those chains." <laughs> And I guess next week we're going to get Yamato versus uh, Kaido. Something I also remember calling. <laughs> that at some point while Luffy is incapacitated, yeah. Yamato will take up. Ah, maybe I could continue One oh, Piece. Hi, man. <laughs> ah. um, man, this was my certified really good chapter of the week. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. It just gave me emotions. Yeah. For sure, um, without a doubt. I, I mean, I love how what they set up here. You know, I love. Um, oh no, that's a RGC for me too. Is that's it? Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Although I didn't like how he he made Monster Chopper look a little soft. Yeah. Um, I'm over it. At the end of the day, that monster form is just to show him that he ain't no no pup. Yeah. He can hold his own and probably deal with a bunch of fodder. He's not gonna be no take on somebody's captain mm-hmm. type of situation. That's not what Chopper is going to be about. He's a doctor that could turn into a big, scary monster and kill people. Yeah. I mean, he's still, Fair enough. he's still in monster form and he could always fight another one of the Toby Ropo. There's like six of them. True that. Although, I just want him to suplex somebody. Yeah. And toss their body. He kind of did that already. Force. He did that last okay. chapter. That's what, oh, yeah. He has to get like someone small. There's not a lot of small people in this arc. Not a lot of small enemies. Everybody's like 20 feet tall. But, yeah, I don't know. Also my RGC, yeah, by yeah. the way. Whoa, damn it. Certified <laughs> RGC. Certified RGC. This would have been good for a uh, unified RGC. one. We got to get that shit I, This chapter was so fucking good. Sanji finally gets his, like, it felt like pre-time skip Sanji was back, you know? And he came, he came in to fucking handle some business. And it's like, he, he has some stake in this fight, too, because this guy is kind of related to uh, Judge in is some he? way. Is he? No, he's not related to him. It's like a family, but... No, but he knows him? He's related to him. He, he, yeah, he knows him. That's why he asked. He said, oh, so you're Judge's son. Hmm. That's cool. Uh Oh, wait. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know how they would know each other. But yeah, I mean, it does call back to CP9 when he did that with uh, Jabra and uh, mm-hmm. and Usopp where he was like, you do this other thing. I'll take care of this guy. It'd be fucking... Ah, oh, man, I love this chapter so much. One thing I want to, I do want to say is um, like a while back when Luffy, Kid, and Law were fighting uh, Kaido, we were like, yo, Luffy and Kid have 
uh, Killer and Zoro here. Why doesn't Law's crew just like why isn't he, why is there someone from Law's crew here? And I think like where's the fucking panda bear, bro? He's out the there somewhere. Bear. But I think like this is a it's cool like to keep Law's crew so understated so they could just like pop up in the clutch in other situations. I feel like that's happened a couple times already. So I'm I'm pretty thrilled about it. Um, one thing I forgot to mention is that uh, the reason I think that Luffy is communicating like through hockey of some sort telepathically is because the Law's crew mentions that the reason they even found him is because he called out to them somehow. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, there's this little panel. He wasn't calling out to them. He heard, they heard them. They heard them talking to, um, they heard Luffy talking to Momo, essentially. Yeah. Which is weird. It's weird that he he called out to Momo specifically, you know. Well, because Momo would be able to hear. He knows Momo has hockey as well. Yeah, that Momo oh, is that what it is? Because Momo, yeah, it was confirmed that Momo has that type of hockey already. Yeah, on Zo, where Momo is able to hear shit that like nobody else but Luffy and and Momo could hear Zo in the same way, where like they could hear Zo talking to them. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to dissect there. Obviously, it's like building up the little mystery. Maybe this is like the advanced form of Supreme King hockey, like the Ryuo version, so to say. Like, the, you know, how every version of hockey has like a second level to it. Future Sight, Ryuo, now this. Being able to communicate oh. with folks using the Supreme King. Like, impose your will on other people. It's interesting, and to say the least. I'm here for it. Oh, I'm so excited. We get Yamato fight. We'll probably get to see what her abilities are. Like, she's going to have to fight for real against Kaido. So, maybe we'll get a flashback. I don't know. But she has horns, too. She could be also, like, some kind of dragon devil fruit. Why does she have horns? If if Kaido is human, why does she have horns? I don't know, Brian. Maybe she also ate a devil food, fruit. Maybe she has a smile fruit. Who knows, Brian? Damn. Interesting. Ah oh, man, I this is one thing I don't want to be wrong about. <laughs> it's not a headpiece, it's actual horns. It looks like it, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was all I have to say about One Piece. It it's phenomenal. I loved it so much. Very quintessential One Piece for me. Uh mm-hmm. very here for it. You guys ready to randomize? Yes. Sir. Yep. Then let's do it. <laughs> Undead unluck. Okay. This is Undead Unluck, chapter 66. Uh, that is the truth. Um, uh, last we left off, Shen is uh, a zombie now. He has been zombified, and he just knocked the shit out of Feng. Uh, and Feng is like, he's like, yeah, you may be the strongest, even the strongest in the world, but you know what? That is all you are. And before Shen, uh, Feng even gets to like rebut, uh, he just gets knocked in the fucking mouth uh, and sent forward. Uh, he's like, my body moved forward? Wah! Uh, and yeah, uh, it's it's kind of fun. Like, she, he's just kind of confused. He's like, the Billy just transferred over to the girl. The fucking trick should be the same. And he just continues to get clocked by Shen for a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's basically. Oh, this shot is amazing. This, this uh, half half picture one. The what? Yes. Oh yeah, but he's like. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty satisfying, given how shitty Fang has been. Um, 
So apparently, Mui is uh, targeting the untruth of um, of his trying to dodge and being afraid of them and negating it into making him run directly into their attacks. Um, so Fang is pretty hyped about this. He's like, ah, you finally used your hatred to overcome me. Then the time has come. And uh, he's about to go in and fight some more, but uh, Shen knocks him out in one punch. <laughs> uh, it's pretty sick. Uh, he says, uh, Shishi Master, by killing me, you finally made me realize that instead of uh, it, despair and hatred making him stronger, that it was love saving him. So... As Feng falls to the ground, coughing up blood because he just got rocked with all his, with like all the way to fucking next week. He's just sitting there, still talking shit after he lost. He's like, "Man, try all you want, but you'll be you'll be helpless in the face of even more powerful individuals." Um, so, you know, considering how you're all continue to challenge God, you should understand the importance. Uh, its importance, best of all. As Summer reveals its true form, which is this giant dragon without the shell. Uh, there's like fire horns and uh, fuse for a uh, weird nose hair thing. It's pretty It's pretty cool design. Um, so, yeah. It actually does look really dope. I almost forgot about, you know, the whole situation with Summer in the first place. Yeah, because they've been fighting and, all the summer. So this is a great way to remind me. I was like, oh my god, this shit has gone out of hand. Yeah, really fast. Um, but yeah, they're about to square off against it. And who shows up but Top and uh, the other, the new kid? I forget his name, but I remember his uh, his uh, was it Unmove, right? Unmove because he could oh, freeze okay. people in place as long as he's looking at them or something. Maybe. I think that's what his ability is. And um, yeah, Top shows up. Uh, Tatiana shows up. Chikara is this kid's name. Uh, so Yeah. Yeah. They have the whole squad there. And, um, and they got the book with them. Yeah, Apocalypse is there also. And he's like, ah, you think you can fucking... You think you can fucking beat Summer? Now that it's in its in that form, none of you can destroy the core. You're one step closer to Ragnarok. Uh, so, yeah, they're basically saying... It also, I guess it, uh, it reveals the weakness... Uh, because Mui, I guess, uses untruth on Apocalypse, which I didn't even know you could do. Yeah. <laughs> and Apocalypse... Yeah, on a, on a book. Yeah. Apocalypse uh, explains that unless you destroy the scales on its stomach, then you'll never be able to win. So, yeah, everybody's like, all right, cool. With all of our move, with all of our uh, negations together... We'll take down summer friendship. Yeah. I'm with it. I like this chapter yeah. quite a bit. Um, they dealt with Fang pretty easily. I was. Yeah. Like, I, I remember. I, I, I felt like it was about time for him to lose. He was really a uh, really dope, you know, villain, but. And it is what it is. You talked way too much shit. <laughs> yeah, that was his ultimate downfall I was soft pathetic yeah. weak yeah all of that um I like this chapter quite a bit I did think that Fang was defeated a little too unceremoniously with for how much trouble he gave them really um, 
Yeah, it could have used a little bit more, but you know, the summer looks cool as shit. Uh, I'm not mad at that at all. And using, we never really got to see Top in a fight. I think he's the only one we really haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be fun to watch. Maybe he gets more uh, used. It has a little more utility to him. But yeah, that was Undead Unluck. Uh, that's all I got for that. You you ready to randomize? Yes. Let's go. Jujutsu Kaisen. This is Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 151, Perfect Preparation, Part 4. Oh my goodness. The alliteration. Uh, so we start off with a flashback of, uh, of Naoya as a kid just being like, I'm a genius. Everyone says I'm going to be the head of the family. Very much yeah. young Bakugo vibes where he's like, I'm just better than everyone. And um, he's like, apparently there's a black sheep in the Zenin clan. I'm told that even though he he's a man, he doesn't have an ounce of cursed energy. How awful must that pe- feel? How pitiful must that person look? And he gets a good look at Toji Zenin, who just looks angry and scary. He's just standing there like, mm. and jeez, um, yeah. that's when we cut back over to the present as he is facing off against Maki. Uh, Maki is counting in her head throughout this chapter, as, you, as you'll notice. And he uses his curse technique, which flattens her into that weird picture frame thing. And he just blasts right through it with his foot, sending them flying Dragon Ball Z style through some mountains and shit. Uh, and their fight continues on. Um, he just continues to lay blow after blow. Um, as he as, Art is so fucking good. Yeah, as, <laughs> sorry, I just couldn't contain it. <laughs> as Naoya thinks to himself, "You are not Toji," and mm. yeesh, oh my god! And Maki is just to continue to count. Um, he's like, "The sin of the insignificant is the strength is the ignorance of strength." No one understood Toji except for Satoru. I don't know. I don't remember who Satoru is. Do you remember who? Uh, Toji. Toji was Satoru. No, oh, it's Gojo. Gojo Satoru, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, I just keep calling. I just call him Gojo. I forgot he had a first name. <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting the name is Satoru. Satoru. Uh, Maki gets up from making a gigantic human-sized crater. If you look at that crater in that panel, it's oh like, yes, yeah, she made like a snow angel on the <laughs> solid earth. Yeah. Whoa. That's not her getting up. That's him. Fucking her up even more. Oh, that's him coming <laughs> from yeah, underground. He's up. My bad. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, he just continues to lay blow after blow. He slams her against the rocks like a fucking battering ram, or so like a like she slaps. She's just like ah, as a person. Yeah. And he says, "The one who stands with them, meaning Gojo and Toji, is me." He comes in. He smacks yeah. the shit. Yeah, he just like blam, right in Maki's face. Uh, sorry, Josh, I, di- I didn't mean to cut you off. You wanted to say something? Oh no, I was. I just was like saying he's such a loser for thinking that way. Like that's what you're so mad about. You feel so entitled. Yeah, and so special. No, for real. Um, like, I'm a genius. <laughs> that's how he started. I'm a genius. I wish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the Spongebob thing. <laughs> 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 oh, 
<laughs> At least he went along like a little fucking jerk. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, so Maki is like, this is bad. Projection sorcery does not allow for movements in ways that egregiously ignore the laws of physics and trajectories. Furthermore, there's an upper limit to the body's acceleration at the time of activating the curse technique. However, maintaining the curse technique allows speed to continually build. And yeah, he's he just gets continuously faster and faster. Um, and the faster he gets, the stronger he is because, like the more the faster you move, your mass increases. It looks like I remember that from a f- issue of Justice League actually, where it was like one of the few arcs of Justice League where everybody got one on one fights. Uh, and it was pretty cool because the Flash he builds up momentum by going around the world a bunch of times and he just punches the shit out of you with all of his might and it's like a super punch because his mass continues to build the faster you go um it's crazy but in response to this maki just fucking stances up <laughs> she just like, a two-page spread which i think was gorgeously drawn you see like the perspective is just so great it looks yeah. like the, like it's literally coming out of the page her hand uh, and she's just like Shiran Shiranui Gata. That's the name. Um, and we get a little bit of a narration explanation. In exchange for Mai's life, Maki had gained a body of steel that had broke away from cursed energy, but she suffered yeah. injuries and loss of blood fighting Ogi and then sure. fought against the Hay. So she knew she'd be at a disadvantage fighting Noya, who already surpassed subsonic speed. And he's literally, she's literally, Jesus. she's literally like about to sumo this dude, just take on all of his fucking, just do a collision. And she basically is just like, let me embrace you. And as Noyo closes in on her, um, he seems to like dodge for a quick second. He just like sidesteps. And um, he says that when the palm of a combatant activating projection sorcery touches an opponent, that opponent must also move at 24 frames a second. One failure, failure means one second of freezing. So basically, the rule is if she, if he touches you using the projection technique, if you don't move as fast as he does, then you are frozen. So that's his move there. That's so, kind of OD. Yeah, he is a genius. <laughs> yeah, it's the Flash. Yeah, yeah, uh, or something like that. Quicksilver. What yeah. of them guys? Yeah. Uh, you freeze for one second, which is unfortunate because, as we learn later, Nyoya can move at sub at like a speed of light, make a bunch of movements per second. So he's coming in, closing in on her. He's like, you were planning to receive the brunt of my attack and stop me from moving, even if it meant you broke your ribs. You really are an imposter. And he's about to go in, but then Maki just turns around and is like 24 times, right? You and Abito aren't just fast. You make 24 movements per second. So I guess the reason that she was able to move is because he made like the 24 movements already. Like, I guess every step counts as a movement of some sort. What? It's it's hard to explain. I, I, it, I think That's, that... No, because you know that, that, um, that frame thing that he does? Yeah. That, that thing that he puts them in a frame and that's the the visual metaphor for him moving uh, activating his thing so he puts you in a frame 
and that allows him to do 24 things within that time period within a second oh so that's what that is okay so she's basically in the frame at that moment but she she steps out of it so i guess i don't know i don't know what they're implying here i guess like she's probably just so strong that she could just break out of that shit I don't know. Her body, yeah, her body I, don't, has, I don't really understand what they're implying either. So you're saying here in this moment you're talking about? Yeah, oh, well, I guess we could close it out and then discuss it a little bit more because there's only two pages left and they're the most supreme pages of all time, honestly. <laughs> um, okay, so Naoya gets caught. He gets caught fucking slipping, dude. He just sits there. He's just like, whoa. And she's I'm like... you stunned. Yeah. In disbelief. She says, you make 24 movements per second with this body. I can finally see that. As he's closing, she's closing in. He's like, you impost. And before he can finish the word, Maki just lays a brick on his face, crashing him down into the ground. He's got a Bellamy style fucking cave in. Uh, the same one that one that uh, Luffy left Bellamy in Sky Island. And Change his face, yeah. Yeah, and it's much more gruesome because... Like, I think now he is dead, but this is obviously ass whooping of the week. Deluxe. All right. You see the blood? See how it's in a perfect line? Because you're like, (laughs) projectile style, man. Yeah, man. He is out. His eye is like upward. I think he died. I, I think he died. Stop, dead. I doubt it. He's dead, Brian. Look at him. Look at I doubt face. he's dead. Jujutsu Gaisen doesn't work on One Piece logic where you could survive this type of punch. This man is dead. Is Maki going to become the final boss of the series eventually or something? I don't think so. I don't think like having this power makes you evil. I think Toji was just evil. I just feel like who can beat her aside from the main character? Yeah, I don't know. But what a fucking beast, dude. This was a great chapter. Um, so I actually have a couple of things to say about this chapter, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so first things first, we got to talk about the fucking art. Because holy shit. This just, again, makes me want to see this shit animated. Just the way that he like draws the, the movement and the action. Um. Yeah. I love it when he draws these moments where, um, like, these landscape moments when people are getting, like, punched through several different structures and shit. That shit looks so fucking dope. And, um, she and Maki is starting to give me strong Zoro vibes right now. <laughs> like, she just reminds me of a female Zoro, like, mixed with some Levi and that shit. She's just so fucking badass, you know what I mean? Yeah. And... And now, now that I'm thinking about that, like just now, I realized why are we getting this much Maki? Why are we getting this much like, um, beautiful, awesome action badassery from fucking Maki? And that makes me feel like maybe, um, maybe she is going to be the third piece to the new, uh, main characters, mm-hmm. replacing, uh, Nobara, right? Is that her name? Nobara? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. So man. I think um I think we're all we're gonna get little arcs because I think we're focusing on Maki because 
you know, she's just the first character that we're focusing on these little side quests. I think we're going to get probably an arc with uh, Itadori and Megumi meeting uh, what's his face, uh, uh, the, the the third guy, the the guy that's also supposed to be as strong as Gojo. Uh, I forget his name. Oh, too. I forget his name. Yeah, him. Oh, call him. Just call him Wilson for now until I Wilson. Yeah, he's got because the calling game doesn't take place. I think at this point for like a few more days. Like I, oh. think I got at least another week, so we might get you know training arcs regarding Yuji and and Megumi, and we might get stuff with Okotsu. You know, I think we're gonna be shifting around a lot. And Jujutsu Kaisen does this where it focuses on like tertiary characters. Like um, Mechamaru got a whole ass arc to himself. And he's in an entirely different school. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think this is just his style. But I don't hate it. I love this so much. And I like Maki before. <laughs> but this is just cool as shit. I can't hate yeah, it. Yeah, she just keeps getting fucking better. And it's nuts. Yeah, I'm here for it. it also, It's going to take a lot to compete with her. It feels good to also see Naoya get his comeuppance for being such an asshole. Um, I think she effectively killed the entire family. I don't know who Megumi's going to be the head of at this point. Just her friend. She's going to be her friend's boss, and that's about it. Yeah, because he killed every, she killed everyone. I don't know how many people are left in this family. Um, I mean, my did her, her sister did say to destroy everything. Yeah, I mean, she did it. <laughs> she took her word by that. Yeah, this is a very cool Kill Bill-style little arc. I'm here for it. Yes, right? That's what it was. Very Kill Bill-ass. Yeah, here for it. Um, any more thoughts? Uh, that's all I got to say about it. It's fantastic. I can't sing its praises enough. Uh, Brian, any more thoughts before we go on? Uh, nope, I'm set. Okay. With that being said, I believe it's time to randomize. Randomize. I'm giving you five seconds to get your big boot ass on the floor. The X-Books. Uh, the Hellfire Gala continues. Uh, we are going to continue onward with Excalibur number 21. Uh, uh, last we left off, we've gotten little images, little setups for little like mini arcs within this Hellfire Gala arc. Um, every book has its own set of troubles that it's dealing with. Uh, so, you know, Excalibur is almost no different. Um, we start off with the Excalibur team uh, all gathered around, getting ready to go for the gala. Uh we get a closer look at Betsy's drip because I remember last week I didn't very much particularly enjoy her look. Um, I'm still on the fence about it. It's not my favorite look. I don't know what this makeup is. Josh, you're muted. <laughs> I, I don't feel as harshly about it um, as I did last time. I, I kind of see what the, I still don't understand what the red is about, but I don't think it looks as atrocious since I, I looked yeah, at it long. It's not as bad as before, but I'm still not, digging it. I do dig uh Richter's uh suit though. He got the cool suit with the druid hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty fire. Uh Gambit's just not wearing a he's just have his open shirt and open jacket. Um I think uh Jubilee's dress is kind of pretty. Uh I think it's pretty cool. Uh mm-hmm. Rogue's is okay. <laughs> it's very rogue honestly. I'm like this is what I expect Rogue to wear. Um so, yeah, we we cut over to the gala. The Excalibur team has arrived and um he <laughs> Richter's just in the background 
just mumbling shit to himself, just like, hm, everybody seems to have forgotten what Apocalypse did for all of us. Oh, <laughs> damn, bro. All right. <laughs> okay. You want to talk about niggas not forgetting shit? How about all the people that didn't forget all of the trials and tribulations they put through? Yeah. Oh, you don't know because you was in your house like a little bitch. <laughs> He's just like, mm-hmm. didn't touch the ground. He's like, eh. Before Daddy Apocalypse showed you that you could be something. We wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for whatever his name is pronounced. He loves him. He does. He, he seems to love him. <laughs> He's a, like a dad. As I a guess. father, a daddy, as as a sugar yeah. daddy, all of that. Yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of daddies, uh, Shatterstar just pulls up out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, and he's still bloodied up from. Okay, so a little backstory in X Factor. Uh, it turns out Shatterstar was stuck in Mojo World. The X Factor team recently saved them uh, as in their blitz to close all remaining storylines because X Factor's final issue is coming soon. So uh, they rescued Shatterstar, and he's, it seems to have happened literally two minutes ago because he's still bloodied up from all the shit he had to do to save uh, Siren from the Morrigan. Uh, and he just approaches uh, Richter over. He's like, Julio, my love. And Julio's like, dude, why the fuck are you so bloody right now? Uh, and he's not actually thrilled to see him because I guess they had a falling out a while ago. Uh, they used to be together. They are no longer together. And uh, it's pretty weird to see him at this point, I guess, since he's been missing uh, since this whole Krakoa ordeal began. So, yeah, that happened. Uh, the next page is a bit of a spoiler considering the next issue. But uh, Rogue is one of the new uh, elected X-Men members uh, by the Krakoan Nation. Uh, good for Rogue. It works. You know, I, I have no complaints. Yeah. Uh, and since she's going to be full-time duty on the X-Men, uh, she's not going to be on the Excalibur team as a result. Uh, That's cool. Which is fine. Gambit is probably is also probably quitting. He's like, I- I'll just do something else, I guess. I'll find another team. Mademoiselle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Mademoiselle, I'll be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be. I'll be. Uh, I'll find another team to be all New Orleansy at. So Pete Wisdom also shows up, who's kind of like a, a tertiary character and all this. He's kind of like the mutant uh, representation in M thirteen, uh, and he pulls up to Betsy. And asks her to dance, and he's like, "Look into my mind. Shady shit is happening here." Um, so, <laughs> so it turns out one of the leaders of the Coven Akaba, which is this mutant-hating ma- magic cult that hates them so much, hating magic cult. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they're just uh, here. You know, he, he informs them that like he's the leader of them all, uh, Rousseau, Brousseau has become an ambassador, Britain's ambassador to Krakoa. And he has just come here to fuck shit up because he is a hateful, hateful British man. Uh, And it turns out that he has set up a meeting with Emma Frost and Xavier still rocking the gold-plated Cerebro. And he basically explains, like, I don't want nothing to do with Krakoa anymore. And I also want Otherworld back. And um, Captain, their whole reason is that, like... The whole other world, yeah, all of it. No, we don't want Stop to. meddling in our magic world. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, basically they don't. The whole thing about Captain Britain and her side story with the British government is that she is Captain Britain, but she is also a mutant, and they are racist, so they don't want that. Um, basically, they got mad that they're they're not mutant white man <laughs> is no longer Captain Britain, and they want they want him back. They want him back very bad. Not just oh, them. Yeah. Not just bad. Not just them. Saturnine also wants Brian Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Everybody, that's all Betsy. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Betsy's not having a good time navigating these shitty political waters. Um, so the British government tie- cuts all ties with uh, Krakoa, and Xavier's like, "Night." Right on the spot. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, it's weird." Okay. But I don't. All right. Sure. Yeah. He says, "But we, but there's like a ton of our drugs in your." In your country, and he's like, "We took." Emma Frost was on it immediately. She's like, "Ah, ah, 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 ah. we got mad at them things out there in your place." <laughs> what are you talking about? And he was like, "No, no, no, we already rounded that up." Yeah, we rounded that up. We're returning it to you. We don't want nothing to do with you. And I'm like, "Damn." Oh, just said we repossessed them all already. I was like, "Damn, nigga, you took the healing drugs away from your people. You, they, Did you feel some kind of way, dude? It takes. Oh a- my god." It takes a special kind of racism to take away the cure for cancer away from your people. That's literally like what happens in the real world. That's like ultra really stupid racist motherfuckers. For real. I want to control everything. No, we will not allow people to live healthy and, and stuff. And stiff. <laughs> We're going to charge them all for everything. And have five extra years as one of the drugs do. I think they give you five extra years of life. Uh, but yeah well that happened uh we cut over to uh captain avalon and his wife flirting being corny and flirting like, um, lord. all that stuff he goes off to get her a drink and then nightcrawler pulls up and i'm like he starts flirting yeah. with her too and i'm like nightcrawler you're a man of god <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> she's a married woman uh, so yeah, he just flirts with Captain Avalon's wife to his face, and Captain Avalon's like, "What's going on here?" And his wife doesn't even like stick up. For He's just like, "Nah, it's nothing. We're just having a little fun." What's going on? Well, he says, you? "I have to congratulate you on something." Yeah. Damn. And Avalon, I think she's hiding that she's pregnant. Oh yeah. Okay. Well. Good for Nightcrawler, I guess. Damn, dude, <laughs> he's coming out here putting the moves on her. That's not that's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, so Betsy and Rachel show up, and um, Rachel's like, "Yeah, I will uh, want to dance for real and not be some weird psychic information thing, you know? Just like you want to have a good time finally instead of dealing with this shit." And they dance, and he, she apologizes because. Uh, a couple like an arc ago, she she told the Excalibur team not to pry into her mind uh, when she was in a comatose state. So, you know, she wanted to apologize for a bad uh, judgment call, and she was like, "How could you have known?" Basically. Um. Meanwhile, at uh, I guess like Bruce O left the uh, the um, what's it called? the Hellfire Gala out of nowhere. And they go to the Coven of Kaaba. Uh, Pete Wisdom is also there. 
because I guess he has to hang with them. Um, and he expl- like they start doing this weird ritual shit. And he's like, we've finally dissolved the alliance with Krakoa. And um, yeah, I guess they're like, we will break Morgan's chains with magic and bring her home with mutant blood. So they all snatch Pete Wisdom and kill him as a sacrifice to uh, bring uh, Morgan Le Fay back into the breathing world. Because I guess she, like, way back in, like, the first arc of Excalibur, she was captured yeah. by Jamie uh, and was kept prisoner by him. So And experimented on. Yeah, so now she's back. I, yeah, she's fully back, and she just starts killing people in in uh, Avalon. Meanwhile, Richter just goes off on his own in his fucking petty. He's like, man, hail guardians, oh. dru- hail druids of this land. I want to I want to bring your attention to something. Yeah. So you see how they talk about Braddock being um they said uh we call to you on this night when the witch bread revel and the mad king is away among the stars. Where that's important. Look at look at that panel. Which panel? Oh, oh I see, see, I see, I see. Uh, Braddock. Yeah. Yeah. And you see, you can see Earth in the background, so you know he's off Earth. Oh, and yeah, he is left, off Earth. Yeah, something happened there. I don't know why he's off Earth. I I think that's a clue to something. We'll address it in the next issue of X. Hmm. Good call. So, Druid goes off, and he summons, like, all these Druids. Uh... I don't know why he just came in and he's just like, I am the druid king. To me, my druids. Um, which, is, which is kind of cool. It's a cool ability to have. Um, so, I guess that's happening. Uh, Morgan Le Fay continues to kill people. Uh, and I guess she arrives on Krakoa. She's actually on there. Uh, and I guess she teleports away. Uh, and... As Richter starts to notice it, uh, he just sees Shatterstar and he's like, Shatterstar. And, you know, they have like a little bit of a reconciliation moment. They kind of grab some beers and sit at the at, on the rocks. And, you know, I guess Richter calmed the fuck down. <laughs> so mm. there's that. That's the end of Excalibur. Um, it was an all right issue. Uh, I, I wasn't like not the stuff with the Brit- British government and Captain... Britain is one of the le- less interesting parts of Excalibur, I think. Uh, so, whenever it gets into that, I guess it's not like super interesting. Although the Covenant Kappa are kind of like compelling villains in a way, I guess. Yeah, I I, I think these guys are gonna uh, are gonna are gonna be a big deal eventually because you know they they're part of the UK mm-hmm. and losing them as a allies. I don't know. I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I think it, it's mostly significance for the mutants because they they really want other world. So, you know, and they're very closely tied to Britain, I guess. So, you know, an alliance with Britain means they can enter other world as they want. Without it, it's kind of not. Oh, and they go through the lighthouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they can. Yeah. But, you they know. They get the Avalon. But yeah. the government is, like, didn't he say that they have to, like, not use those, like, they have to make those gates inert, essentially? They can't go. 
I think that's why Druid retaliated. Mm. He did something. Yeah. He did built some type of landmass over there. Mm. I see. So, we'll see. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was Excalibur. Um, we're moving on to our next book, uh, X-Men number 21. Uh, last we left off with the X-Men, it's still the gala. So, you know, it's just a fresh part of the gala. Uh, we open up at the reception. Uh, Jamie Madrox, who works as a kitchen staff here, despite, despite also being the guy who manufactures all of the Krakow and drugs. Uh, he's also, I guess, a waiter. <laughs> so... He goes over to Namor. Namor is just chilling. And uh, he's like, here, do you want this drink? Here, have a drink. And Namor is like, I want all of the drinks. <laughs> and that's when um, Magneto and and uh, Xavier pull up. And they basically have a very Hickman-esque conversation. Basically, they ask him, hey, are you, are you ready to be an ally of Krakoa right now? Can we finally count on your support? And Namor's well, like, he give you a seat on the council. Yeah, yeah, they offer him a seat on the council, and Namor's like, "No, I know you guys are shady. I know something shady's happening here. I don't like it. I don't want to be involved in it." Basically. Well, to me, honestly, I think he was just coming across like, "Y'all ain't got shit yet. Y'all haven't done nothing yet." Yeah. Like I, I like he made a point to say that I, I, I own. 70% of the world already, you own an island. In my dreams, I want to be the king of kings. I want to rule this world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's not what you guys want, essentially. Well, they can't give that to him. At least that's how he sees it. Yeah. He's the number one leader of something significant more than what he has. Yeah. I mean, I guess the reason I say that he's also like, this is a little shady, is that he also makes a point that I uh I don't want to be on a council with those pretending to be my peers. Like he knows that they want his strength for something, you know. Like he's not gonna dance yeah. around it. It's like you don't really want like you don't really want me on the council. You like know that I own all of this fucking planet, basically. I don't know. I'm reading a lot into it, I guess. But there is a weird oh. point of continuity where he's like fuck off and he walks away and then he just starts hanging out with the avengers and i'm like aren't you beefing with them actually that's not the avengers that's a different team no that's iron man and captain america and black panther and and reed richards well reed, reed richards is just there but the rest of the avengers and Doctor strange yeah but there's captain america black panther marvel illuminati oh <gasps> you're right damn how could i not see that because I missed the oh. directors. Again? Damn, Hickman, they just did this. <laughs> well, he's just talking to them. I think it's, um, I don't know. I thought it was, a, if, you look at, if you look at what he was saying, I, again, about saying, who, what do you guys have to offer that I can't, that I, ha that I can't, that I don't already have dominion over or whatever, hmm. right? And then he kind of leaves them and goes together with these guys. And basically, they're the big boys. They're the ones that make decisions to mm -hmm. run the planet. At least that's how it was that had been the status quo. Mm -hmm. Remember? That was, you know, what Secret, the lead-up to Secret Wars was all about. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Um, I, I When I first read this, I really read it as like, oh, whatever, Namor, you're an asshole. But then I read this again, and I was like, well, 
I don't think that Hickman put this in to make Magneto and Mr. Gold Chrome Dome Xavier look like some chumps. I think this is... I, I'll let you know the rest of my thoughts towards the end because there's a very relevant point to make where I feel like it's he's making them seem very small mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I, well, honestly, uh, yeah. good catch on the... like Because these are the Illuminati members. So I didn't even really catch that. But it, I guess I'm just saying it's a continuity error because like Iron Man and Captain America and Black Panther are fighting against his nation currently even. In the, what? Remember in the Battle for the Phoenix? They were, really, they, were really, they were literally fighting him and his people. Well, I don't think they're, I don't think they're hanging out right now. I think he just pulled up on them and it was... I think it was just an artistic thing. Yeah. I don't know, but maybe you know what I'm saying. Whatever. It's not crazy. I don't really care. I'm cool. I'm cool with it. I will choose X Men over like Hickman's X Men over Jason Aaron's Avengers any day. Right. As far as I'm just saying, I noticed Trump's in continuity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just. I just noticed is all I'm saying. Um. Meanwhile, we cut back over to the party. Uh, and the X Men. Uh, Cyclops introduces, uh, the new X Men. Uh, with through like telepathic uh well first of all they all communicate to every mutant on earth telepathically uh dr strange is like what's going on here and he like peers into their mind he's like oh they're just asking every mutant why they would want to be on krakoa if uh not krakoa the x-men if they wanted to be uh you know it's nothing bad (laughs) he makes sure uh but yeah at the end of the day uh the New X-Men team is compl- comprised of Rogue, Sunfire, uh, X-23 Wolverine, Sync, and uh, Polaris. And they make up the new team. Uh, two of these team members have been inside the vault before, which is fascinating. I was really happy. It's I was really happy to see that they put on the same team together. I really hope that they try to get back. You know, they, they try to show like romantic... Yeah. It's, just, it's so well, crazy. I don't see that not being significant, you know, like that, that design to, to the, both of these guys understand that they're on the team. Um, but yeah, I mean, X Factor's ending, so I guess Polaris needs a book. <laughs> uh, so there there she is, um, which is good. I, I mean, you know, if she, I, I, I'm going to miss X Factor, but at the same time, I'm glad that, like, you know, Polaris is on something because I do like her character. What is her dress even? It's like just floating in the air. It's probably just liquid metal or something flowing oh, around. That would be so fire. Liquid metal dress. Uh, <clears throat> I'm here for it. Sunfire's uh, look is pretty cool. Uh, I think so. I think. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I guess. I don't know much about him. So it's, I, I guess it's just fire. His power, He's got fire powers. Yeah. I guess that's cool. He became the sun. Yeah. Um, okay, so we get uh, an informational page, the Red Diamond, which we got um, a while ago uh, in the Powers and House of X stuff, and I think scattered along like the first few issues of X Men, where they hint, they drop very cryptic fucking hints at what's coming next, uh, and yeah, I th- I think I think there's any of these you want to talk about in particular. Well, I'm trying to guess because I think every one of these hints corresponds with a book with one of the yeah. series running. Um, 
I think one of them, the seducer one, is obviously I think this is Douglas. I think this is Cipher and um, and the 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 Araco woman that he married. Uh, seducer made an honest man out of the island's favorite boy. I think that's definitely Cipher. Um, I bet you know. I, I'd bet you like to know how the fittest of all mutant is handling his second Genesis. Obviously, Apocalypse. Oh, okay. Uh, so basically, like, don't worry, we didn't forget about Apocalypse. He will be coming back at some point. Um, there is, there's a discussion about Who's a feeling that always, always gets what she wants. Emma, because she talks about the box in a couple scenes. Remember the like she's talking to these two guys. There, that's the box they're talking about. I think this. Is oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, with the with the no place, which that's a brand new thing, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm not sure about what the you, first and last one is. Uh, there's two empty seats on the council, uh, so I guess they're hinting here that like there'll be little games played between people to see, like people will start promising these seats and try to make deals. Yeah. And stuff. Um, which is interesting. Uh, there's probably something coming up with Betsy and Psylocke coming to with the far too long. They share an existence. Now one has become two. Uh, the first is a shattered captain. The other is uh, under a sinister thumb. That's obviously Betsy Braddock and, and Psylocke. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's the crooked market, which is probably an X-Factor, uh, Excalibur thing at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, to break down here, but I don't know. I think uh, the the fifty nine secret is probably the next X Men series that's coming. Um, I think the uh, this X Men team is going to discover some shady shit and be in uh, in opposition to Krakow at some point. Um, but in any case. We cut over to the next page where there are a ton of celebrity cameos. Um, a whole bunch. Man. Let's see how many I can name. That's Pat, that's Pat and Oswald right up front. Uh, there's George R. Where is he? What's he from? Pat and Oswald. He's uh, King Queens. Yeah, King Queens. He's in. Um, yeah, right? that was him. Yeah. Um, there's George R. R. Martin, the guy who wrote Game of Thrones. Uh, there's Eminem. Uh, the guy on the right. Yeah, it's Eminem and Paul Rosenberg. Uh, oh, Paul Rosenberg. That's what I. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I think that's all I can recognize from this photo alone. I don't know who this lady is next to Patton Oswalt. You don't see um by um behind Eminem uh with the Wu Tang hoodie on. That's Method Man. That's Method Man. Sick. I think so. Yeah. Nice. Um, who else? Who's the person in the green suit, glasses? Oh, I don't know. He looks like he. Well, he has an X Men, but I, I thought they were like maybe he's a mutant of some sort. I don't know. I could be wrong, but whatever. That's one. That's like a few of the cameos. Um, moving on uh, to the next few issues. Uh, <laughs> Cyclops meets meets Kevin Feige, uh, who is the creative guy at Marvel, uh, doing the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's kind of the guy responsible for the cinematic universe. It's the dude in the hat. That he goes up to Cyclops and is like, hey, what's your story? That's Kevin. This Feige. is actually really interesting since I guess, you know, 
the finance for the ice cream is to now be introduced. Like, you know, I guess like sooner than later. Yeah. I think it's a cute but little Easter egg. Like, theoretically, you know? Yeah, it's a cute little Easter egg, like, that Kevin Feige ends, asks him what his story of everybody is. Uh, it's kind of like a reverse uh, Stan Lee cameo. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, literally. Yeah, that is kind of cool. So, as uh, he, Cyclops starts to explain his story, um, and he's like, I was blind, blind to how the world works, uh, but then I met a man who taught me how to see how things really were, and I loved him for it. But, yeah, he's he basically is just like, I met Xavier, um, so, you know, he, he saved me, but I'm trying to not deify him because that's kind of uh, a mistake. Um, he said uh, he wasn't just a savior. He was a man. You know, he's not perfect. So, you know, I just love the idea of what he's done here, and that's why I follow him. Um, what's my story? I'm a dreamer. I'm an X-Man. And as this is happening, Quentin Quire starts to gather various mutants together to go through a gate of some sort, and it's not the new... Not just any mutants, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's not... Okay. The- it's not the do. It's not the newly elected X Men either. It's like really strong ones. Oh. He's got Storm, Jean Grey, all Omega level mutants. If you look, yeah. everybody, man. Yeah, he's got uh, the what's his face? Oh, damn, I keep forgetting his name. Dude with the big shoulder pads. Uh, he's he's got Bobby Frost. Um, oh, shit, the one I sent us to be beefing with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ice Annihilator. Man. No, I don't think it's Annihilator. Damn. Whatever. Uh, he's got Iceman, and they go through uh, a Krakoan gate, and that's the last we see of them at the moment. Uh, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Oh, I have thought. Ooh. All right, wait, wait. Let, let's get through this. Um, yeah, yeah. So, basically, Emma Frost uh, gives everybody a telepathic fireworks show, um, and we see... But the fireworks show is interesting because she projects the same image to everyone and she's like around this weird space thing and all you see is this tiny red circle as you go deeper and deeper you see like she says um a soft exhale and fireworks at at the evening's end which is not the end at all but the beginning of a new age and there are two people riding on these rubble things uh and that's where the issue ends uh, first of all, I don't know what that means. Okay. Okay. So, here are the thoughts. Here are the thoughts. So, this is the idea. I think that's Mars. Mm-hmm. They're going to colonize Mars? Yes. Yo! Now, remember what I showed you that that panel in uh, Excalibur with Jamie Brander? Yeah, that's what he was and doing. And he was like off Earth. Yeah. Yeah. But but hold on, you, you want to hold on, hold on. I got you. I got you. One second. See, this is why you guys should go check out the YouTube. Which, by the way, if you're listening, uh, leave a like. Yeah. You know, let us know how how, how you feel about the show, yeah. man. Uh, leave a like. Subscribe. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. if you listen on the podcast, yeah, drop that five star, buddy. But yeah, I'm looking um, for this page. Yeah, while Please. Josh pulls that up, for sure, you know, we're very much tourists to the X Men world. Uh, we kind of picked this up during Hickman's run. So if there's anything that we kind of like miss out on, uh, please feel free to educate us in the comments. Uh, yeah, I remember that panel. Um, okay, well, look at the terrain around him. Yeah, it's ice. 
No, red. Yeah, no, that's Mars. Yeah, I, I, yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it all yeah, clicked. The purple, the purple stuff, I don't know. I don't. I think that's his power or something. Yeah, I think he's literally... And then what's the name of the next X-Men issue? I can't read it. <laughs> uh, planet right Sci- Oh, my planet God! Planet X-Men. It's too obvious. I, I, I'm surprised this is news to you. I was like... Dude, I'm a dummy. I'm just sitting on Mars? They I'm just did leave a plant on Mars uh, during House of X. I thought that was the moon. I don't care. Either way, I'm just like, whoa, this issue got like 10 times better. Yeah, this shit is crazy, man. They they about to make big moves. Damn. I, I think they, I think it's going to be something more than just like them colonizing Mars. I don't, I don't know, because remember, Captain America let that shit like... Mm. Mm. I mean... I don't think America's going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess he was saying everybody. He was like, man... I don't think a lot of people are going to appreciate you just calling out. Oh, humans are going to feel away because you're flexing your nuts. <laughs> you stop fucking yeah. grabbing your nuts so hard, dude. You know, that's the problem with the mutants is that they just like grab their nuts too hard and fast. It's like, slow down. <laughs> uh, man, that's cool. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big old dummy, so I'm just like, what? What's this red dot? <laughs> Who are those people? But very into it. That's really cool. That's all. It's also such like a a Hickmanian thing to do, just like um, them yeah. pulling off this massive move just at a party, just to show off like, to the world. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, guys, y'all see this? We just turned Mars into a habitable planet. Yeah. With our mega mutants, we can create worlds and we can destroy them too. Fuck with us if you want peace. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, I'm Hickman. It's been nice writing for y'all. Yeah, I'm gone. See y'all at Inferno. I think we <laughs> actually have one more issue of X Men because I could be wrong, but I did remember seeing like the next thing on it. It could be one yeah. more, or maybe this was the last. But yeah, Hickman. Either way, is no, with... X Men's going to continue. X Men is not writing continue. for it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is the so... last issue that Hick- of X Men that Hickman is writing, presumably because he's going to be. Uh, writing Inferno, the event that's coming, I think in July actually, uh, my birthday month, dog. What a better way to, Lit. what a better way to see. Oh no, this Inferno is coming out like September. Is it? Damn, it's my birthday month. Also Brian's birthday month. Uh, so oh yeah. Sharing it. Virgo. Virgo. <laughs> yeah, Virgo squad, let's go, baby. You know what it is? He's a Libra, Brian. Fool. You uh, disgust me. Well, in any case, that was X Men. Very fire. Can't wait to see what's next. Uh, with that being yeah. said, we have one more X book uh, Children of the Atom, number four. Uh, the kids are also getting involved with the gala, basically. Oh, uh, they, they are. I'm going to go ahead. Oh, first of all, VGI for the last um, issue. Oh, yeah. For sure, right? Okay. Um, We're going to call. I don't know if they had a title for this chapter. I don't. I don't know where to look for it at, where to find it. But I'll give you one right now, and it's called "Get Exposed." <laughs> Get exposed. Get exposed. We don't have to guess anymore about anything. Yeah. No. For no. Sure. For sure. These mu- these kids aren't mutants. 
They uh, are not mutants. These niggas is pretenders. They identify. Let me stop. That's wrong. <laughs> they identify as mutants, bro. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I called that. I said it at the very you beginning. Have technology, though. Yeah. Well, they happen to get technology that completely like is based on mutants that they know, uh, which is cool. But anyway. Uh, every one of these issues is basically starting off with a narration getting us to more familiar with one of the kids. Uh, this one's about Benjamin. Uh, and basically the whole thing about this issue is that um, the youngest member who is the Nightcrawler uh, copycat kid uh, named JJ has uh, heard that Krakoa op- is opening its doors to humanity for one night only. Uh, and... Man, Thirsty McGlasses is immediately like, we should fucking go! Uh, and everybody's like, all right. I, know. I don't think they're letting everyone in. And she's like, all right, we'll figure it out. We should go! Uh, <laughs> and everybody's like, just chill, dude. Damn. We don't even know how. Um, but uh, as they're talking about it, they notice Cole walking through. Uh, and... Carmen, who wasn't there in the last issue where they basically overwhelmed him, uh, I guess, with the mutant talk, uh, goes up to him and is like, hey, I'm sorry I couldn't come in and stuff. I was sick. And he was like, leave me alone. <laughs> you and your mutant friends are not cool with me. Uh, are not cool with me. And um, Benjamin comes he in. shit immediately. Yeah. Benjamin comes in and immediately de- comes to her defense and they are about to get into it. They they break it up, and uh, they walk away. Uh, needless to say, Cole is pretty pissed at the team. He's not vibing with them right now. So, yeah. Uh, we then cut over to a flashback where all the kids are trying the technology that they found on the ship. You know the the technology that would eventually make them the superheroes that they are now. Uh, each one of them is using a different one than we know them to use now, but we see, you know, who gets what at some point. Uh, Marvel guy, who is Benjamin, has the glove that apparently shoots out this weird uh, pheromone, pheromone thing, like a love spray. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty weird. She, he uses. Eventually, on- he uses. He has different applications for it, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah. That's the uh, that's the end of that scene, I guess. Is um, we learned that uh, Benjamin is the child of divorce. Uh, he lives with his dad, and JJ is his younger uh, stepbrother. Um, he's the only one that he really vibes with in this side of the family. Uh, so yeah, Carmen goes to visit him, and apparently he has a whole room dedicated to Wolverine and Deadpool. Very edge. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, he plays the drums. Uh, in the dark room with just his laptop on. Yeah. Uh, so you know. I hope it's okay. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool room, I guess. Um, and Carmen basically comes out to him. Uh, she says, "I'm a I'm a lesbian," and I'm like, and uh, he has no. Questions like, aren't you dating Gabriel? <laughs> uh, yeah, are we supposed to? Did we misinterpret that? 
I no, I mean I remember Buddy saying that they go out and that's yeah. why she can't go out with the guy. Yeah, even though the girl that's going out with the guy loves the like girl. Her. Yeah. But that she doesn't likes know that. the guy that goes out with the girl that likes the yeah. girl. <laughs> love triangle. Yeah. Uh, and scrambled. Yeah. Um, it's at that point that uh, oh, she's also I think trying to admit to him that she's starting to manifest powers for real and not just from the technology as we've seen from the last issue, where she, yeah, ugly beastie powers. Yeah, and uh, before she could really let it out, uh, the other team members show up. And I'm like, you all just like meet up and shit. <laughs> you all just yeah, they all squatted up to this nigga's <laughs> house like they knew. They do it to everyone. Like, I don't think they've ever showed up at another person's house alone. Carmen might be the first to do that. <laughs> but yeah, so they come in and Buddy is immediately like, "Yo, what if we use one of Cole's clothes to get in because he might be a mutant?" And the Krakowin gates scan mutant DNA, and maybe that could be our way in. We could just like sew this into uh, Cole's clothing into our into our costumes, and then just go. And I'm like, God damn, buddy! Oh, you went hard, shorty. Like you, like she she was the whole reason I even thought they were mutants in the first place because she was so Certain. for sure. Like, yo, we're gonna go to the gates. Yeah. Uh, we are. Yeah, I really believe that. I mean, we all like the kids are even like, all right, what? Jeez. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, everybody's like, nah, that feels weird. Uh, he's already mad at us, and now we're using him even more. Uh, it's kind of weird now. It's getting to a weird point. Benny's like, I don't think we should do that, and she's like, Hey, don't you want to meet Wolverine? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do want to meet I Wolverine. really, really do. And that's all the convincing he needs. <laughs> it's just like, what if you all met right. Irene today? And he's like, all right. So he goes off. Um, and they all suit up at the Coney Island gate. Uh, they're about to give it a, give it a try. Uh, Carmen is the one that is about to be put through first. Which is interesting because I was thinking like, oh man, she's gonna go through, and they're not gonna know it's because she's a mutant because you know she's got the clothes or whatever. Um, but before that happens, a bunch of lights flash around them, and they are surrounded by these uh, these weaponized soldier dudes, and they fight them off for a while. Uh, eventually, the soldier dudes get the better of them and capture them. Uh, JJ seems to get away though. And they're trapped in this weird uh, area. Uh, I don't know where they are. Uh, they're just like in this. It looks like the Xeno place because they have like little bits of human bodies around and stuff. But it's I don't think that's them. Um, but yeah, they basically are like, you hurt one of my human kids. Uh, so... Yeah, I guess they're going to harvest their organs or something. This is some weird kind of mutant black market thing. Uh, and, you know, before we really get into it all that much, uh, JJ returns in a full page spread with a lot of X-Men. Uh, and that's where the issue ends. 
I don't know where this is going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This issue, um, this issue is good, but it's like, what's the point? I was impressed that it's still relevant to the Gamma story, especially since the story was really late. And again, like it, it was like a year late almost. Yeah, but, but it came out. So I, I, when I read it, I read it thinking like, yeah, this is still doing effects right now. And it's like, fine, I'll just take it for what it is. But no, they're actually trying to save the times and they made something of it. I think these X-Men are about to find out and react to these kids not being mutants. And I think that's what's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you called it earlier. This is going to be a book about identity. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah. that can be really interesting. I'm interested in where this goes from here because, you know, they find out they're not mutants. And then what then? You know? I'm wearing those uniforms and disgracing us. I don't think they'll make them stop wearing the uniforms, but they'll probably be like, so you're not mutants? Bye. Hey, so. Good luck with everything. Yeah, stuff like that. I don't know. Call Captain America next time. Yeah. I do like this issue, though. Uh, I do like the series. It just feels a little uh, detached from everything, like kind of superfluous in a way. And that's his worst crime, and it's not a bad thing to be necessarily. It's just I'm trying to find its place in the overarching story of uh, the Krakoan era X-Men. But, yeah, that's all I got to say about it. The X-Books were pretty cool this week, uh, especially X-Men. That was fire. But that's yeah, that's true. That's all I got to say about it. You ready to move on? Yes, sir. Let's randomize. My Hero Academia. This is My Hero Academia, Chapter 315, Platitudes. Uh, last... Hey, where your money at? <laughs> last we left off. I don't know. I just said that one. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like it was the right one. I was trying to think of the context under that. What is like, who lost the Zero. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I wish I could <laughs> tell you more for that one. But I thought my exposed, exposed title for that one was hey. super... Like no, that was great. Like eleven out of ten, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm giving that a an A plus plus. Uh, perfect work, Mister Cole. Nice. In any case, uh, this is my hero. Last we left off, uh, Deku used his uh, Fajin ability to catch up to Nagant, but Nagant uh, kind of swerved him on that. Uh, Deku was starting to get used to how she fights and all that stuff, and he was about to go in. Uh, for the kill, but then she changed her target over to uh, Chisaki and uh, giving Deku another thing to balance in all of this uh, motion. Uh, we start opening with this flashback sequence where Chisaki is actually kind of speaking pretty well for as crazy as he's been the last few chapters. Um, yeah, I know that kid, man. The one you trying to smoke. Yeah. When that nigga just told you to smoke, yo, I remember him, man. He, he you see, see these arms? That was, that was kind of his fault, kind of. Yeah, it was kind of an indirect result of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. watch out Good. for Good, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so basically, the reason she brought him along is so he could ID her. Uh, ID Deku, I mean. And... um. Chisaki agrees under one condition is that she would take him to the boss. Uh, 
and yeah, so. that's where we cut over cut over to where we left off. Uh, Nagant is pointing her gun at Chisaki, who is like, "I held up my end of the deal, just to just take me to the house." Yeah, as as Lady Nagant starts transforming her arm into this nasty, grotesque thing, this ah, what <laughs> reminds me of something you would see in. It reminds me of something you would see in Devil May Cry or something, you know? Yeah, right? Or like a, like like a, real a fucking Akuma or something from The Gray Man. Yeah, for real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's gonna curse you, bro, duck. Yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, so she's about to fire, and um, Deku immediately changes course. Uh, he sticks a black whip onto the wall and immediately just swings really hard over to Chisaki and we get an explanation as to what Fajin is. And um, basically what it is is that repeated movements built up build up motion based energy for temporary storage and release. Oh. So while getting shot at he flexed and extended his legs. The more he moves his legs, the more kinetic energy he builds up and it allows him to like generate centrifugal force that allows him to move faster than a speeding bullet. Uh, we've seen kind of All Might do this subtly in, in ways where he jumps really high, uh, all that stuff. And uh, that coupled with the 45% of One for All, uh, it allows him to do this kind of fake 100% type of deal where it gives him access to his full strength just by the sheer force of his pr- propulsion, I guess. At least full strength of, of speed. Yeah. Full range of yeah. Uh, no, yeah. It's it's strictly it's not really, cool. Yeah. Uh I, we'll go into it later. Yeah, we'll go into it later. I have Always. a couple yeah, thoughts yeah. as well. Um but anyway. This was a cool, very Spider Manian moment where he Spider Manian Spider Manian where he pushes Chisaki out of the way, then he does the two webs on the thing and slingshots himself. <laughs> um it was pretty fucking cool. Very, I was just like, damn, very Spider-Man. Uh, so he starts to think to himself, he's like, I was using one for all at 45, 45%. Danger Sense, Smokescreen, Black Whip, Fajin, and Float. And he switched them on and off in rapid succession, but it built up too much and his body froze. So having that lesson learned a few seconds ago, I narrowed it to down just to using all for one for all, Black Whip, and Fajin. So... He still got one leg's worth of Fajin stored up, and he just launches himself at Nagant uh, with the full 100% Manchester smash and fucking shatters Nagant's arm. Uh, so he she rockets himself forward with that speed to kick her with the, with the smash. Yeah. Pretty cool. Damn, and all, I, all he did was break her arm with that? I guess he... I mean, he missed her face I mean, entirely. So, <laughs> I, I mean, if he's flying at the speed of a bullet, that's gonna fuck up anything. To be honest, <laughs> no, I'm saying like that's all. They didn't like rip her arm away and murder her. Yeah. No, I think it's probably because it was reinforced by something. Yeah, it's maybe. not a regular arm, obvious. Like obviously. All right, all right. Imagine. All right, so this the the speed of a bullet, right? Something getting shot at the speed of a bullet. When you think about a bullet being small and how much damage a high-caliber bullet can do, right? Like from a sniper. 
getting shot, like like from Lady McGant. That's doing a lot of damage, bro. Yeah. So imagine something going at that same speed and velocity, but like the size of I I don't know what's the like a human body, like a six foot long bullet essentially. Yeah, it's I I see. That's what you're why saying. I'm a little confused. Maybe it's it wasn't like full strength, but again, but it, if it's not full. But it's still mad fast. I don't know. I guess no, my no, arm no. is just strong, bro. No, it's I, just weird. I totally, I totally see where you're coming from. It makes sense. Like, it's too precise to strike to even like when you're moving that fast to narrow your attack to strictly just the arm. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a lot. Uh, I, I let suspension of disbelief kind of take over there. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna nitpick over it too much. I just felt like, oh. <laughs> she got a strong arm. She got a beefy arm, bro. Yeah, no, she. Did. I mean, you saw how it looked. It looked like an Akuma. You know, he's yeah. He he gave her a little bit of muscular quirk too, or something. That's to be what happened. Yeah, um, that's what I'm going with. Yeah. So she starts fighting. She she starts falling. I mean, she's like not a hint of hesitation. He recognized who the enemy was, and he struck into act. He he leapt into action like it was a natural thing to do. So, as she falls, her arm is just, like, gross and kind of limp. Uh, Deku comes in and grabs her as she falls. Uh, it's a, it, it, uh, She's like, the shot headed for Chisaki was off by a little bit. And if you were really allied with one for all, uh, all for one in his black brand of evil, you would have hit, your very first shot would have hit my lower body and stopped me cold. So, he's, he's basically like, I... You you were holding back this whole time because I and I know it's because you're still a good guy deep down. And uh, Nagant's like, "What a guy! You're the real deal, Izuku." As she's saying this, she starts to crack open, and at at that point, I'm like, "Oh shit!" Oh shit! Because oh, you see that next God. panel, right? It's no way you don't see that panel oh, right next to this. Yeah, and you don't just immediately put two and two together like yeah. Yeah, when you turn the page, you see all for one. It's like, oh my god, what does he want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> He's like, I'm smart, and I plan ahead because I ain't one of these simp ass villains from your regular manga. I, the I, ultimate, looking like the ultimate nutsack of evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I even, he looks like a prune. Call me Mr. <laughs> contingency Plan. I always have a contingency plan. So basically what this is all about is that when he gave uh, Nagant the airwalk uh, quirk, he also added a fucking self-destruct feature into the fucking into the quirk, which I didn't even know he could do. That's crazy. So because she was about to, I guess, turn on him, or well, she failed the mission. She didn't get to kill Izuku, or not kill, but bring him to him. Uh, she just explodes her whole body, and her charred body is just falling down. And he's like, <laughs> "I added a failure clause to the very end. You were just a tool to be used. Curse your blessing of a quirk, if you must." And I'm like, "Damn, what a dick." Uh, as Nagant is falling to the ground, Izuku's trying to save her, but then that's when Hawks pulls up, and he's like, no dying on me now, Nagant, and I'm like, her head must be caved in, dude. <laughs> she, she, 
Yeah. Well, we don't know exactly what happened, but it exploded well, from the inside. No, we we saw an explosion, but we don't know what the severity of the explosion and what it did. Well, you know, like catch this time. We can't right. see her face, so we don't know if her face is fucking caved in or not. Her face you know? has cracks in it. Nah, she like, takes that. has she cracks in it, but look, look, people look. get cracks in this series. I'm almost certain she'll survive this, but that doesn't mean it <laughs> doesn't mean it's like. How? <laughs> you know? She got hit with at minimum a one hundred and forty pound bullet. Yeah. Yeah, and her arms fucked. You're right, Josh. Look, man, she's charred to a crisp. I don't even know why she, if she would want to live in this state. You know, she's like she's got third degree. <laughs> her arms all fucked up. She's burnt up. Dude, you thought Maki had it bad. She took her L, so she's mentally worn out too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's that. It's not good. Um, but I don't know. Hawk saved her, so I guess the finishing blow, which would be to splatter on the ground, didn't happen. So she might be still. You guys mind if I have an open, open casket now, <laughs> or something? You guys mind if I start the discussion? Go for it. On this chapter, start the discussion. All right. So before I get into all the nitty gritty stuff, I'm going to start with mm-hmm. what I was disappointed in, and honestly, this Whoa. is this is the least interesting ending to a chapter I've seen from My Hero Academia in a while. God like, damn. Um, just the, like, it's, it, like, the way that, um, like, this isn't a really nice panel to end on. Like, it's not very dramatic. It's not even really interesting. It's just, it's like he photoshopped Hawks onto her body or something. There's not nothing really <laughs> interesting about this. Like, um, about usually... a dead woman? Yeah, like it, 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 he could be a lot more dramatic than this, to be honest. Like he can he could draw this a lot better. Like they're in a cityscape. There's show there there's like there's so much and he's usually so good at drawing these ending pages with cliffhangers and shit, right? But it kinda just left me like, uh, well, okay, I guess. So she's fine, I guess. Like what's gonna happen next chapter? She's gonna like I'm just disappointed a little bit in how it ended yeah um well that's like a um, page composition thing and i don't know man from experience like panel composition is so fucking hard because at su- certain points you have to start choosing your battles and what you want to emphasize and you you only get so many pages a week and you know for multiple reasons so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of hard to kind of like distributed sometimes i i know i have had that problem like i draw sometimes and i'm just like damn i have to you know you have to kill your darlings in a way when it comes to like how you want things to look in terms of pages and panel layout but yeah i mean it's not it's not like the most dramatic thing uh but i i can forgive that i feel i feel okay i feel i just feel i guess i guess just feel empathetic in in terms of like like artist to artist, I guess, where I'm like, I get it, dude. <laughs> it's hard sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, panel composition, I've been trying to learn about a lot. And yeah, it's just one of the things that happens sometimes. Um, one Piece does that a lot where they try to, like its panel composition is on and off in the later years because he's just trying to stuff so much story into one chapter because he doesn't want to do this for 75 more years. So... <laughs> You know, it's it's a it's a hard thing to consider, but I do agree with you, Brian. I, like your your criticism is isn't invalid, but it's just kind of like 
Ah, damn it. I yeah, I, I'm just, I understand where you're coming from, Brian. What was you going to... Go ahead. It's just that I'm just used to such high quality from him, you know? So, and when... Like, a chapter ends like that, it's just like, ah, oh, well, this is still a good chapter, but still, that's kind of... I mean... It's all right. I'm looking back at the earlier pages, and I'm like, well, it's offset by the fact that this... The rest of this chapter is this, fucking baller. Like... Yeah, this baller. this whole chapter was fucking... What was crazy. It's just, man, would be nice if it ended with a bang, you know? Yeah. I mean, it did, technically. It's... It, Shut up! It literally. Exploded. But to get into the things that to get into the things that I did like about the chapter, though, or more so, I'm really interested about was I did not expect this quirk to be this good. You know what I mean? Like, it's this is a really really strong quirk, and it's kind of um like it kind of brings up a lot of questions to me as to like because they're they're making comparisons to all my and shit. It's like, how did All Might do all the shit that he did with just the strength alone when he has so many similarities to how these quirks function, right? Yeah. So, well, it's, I... it's so wild. It's, all right, well, look at it like this, right? If you have somebody with powers that can make the wind blow, right? And make really strong gusts of wind. And like, oh, that's lit. But then you have someone like All Might who's so fucking powerful that if he claps his hands, he can create wind blast five times the strength of, you know, what this guy can do. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, it's whatever. He was so strong that he can just, you know, his power, I mean, his power and options were limitless. The only thing he couldn't do was, you know, something real specialty wise, like with like how Yaoji Ruzu does, like how she just creates inanimate objects. Obviously, you can't do that, but as far as physical feats, if it's physically possible, he could do it in a way. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what the question is. Um, I think if you pay, like, if you pay, I'm just if you pay attention, like in the very first chapter, All Might uses Fajin. Uh, if you think about it, because he bursts, does he bursts really high in the air. Uh, after he defeats like the mud dude for the first time. And I don't know if you guys remember this scene, but way back where he was like where Deku holds on to his leg for the first time as he's like flying through the air base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that like he got to that high by using Fajin. Um, no, he I I understand what you're saying, but I don't he didn't have access to any of the um previous quirks. He, he just yeah, had access to his one hundred percent. Huh. I didn't know that. I, um, I figured that he, he didn't. Could... He didn't. But that's why I'm asking this. That that's why I was kind of. It's not really like I'm asking a question. It's more like I'm posing a thought. Where hmm. it's like, it's insane that All Might was able to do all that he did, and have it be so similar to like the full extent of all of all uh, one for all's power. Yeah. And not unlock it. You know, like it's crazy that he had a body that compatible. I think he might have had some influence from, like, the other quirks on his body without realizing it to yeah. an extent, I think. That makes sense. Just because... Uh, I'd say... Oh. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. Never mind. Go ahead. Go, ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll, pose, I'll give this thought, right? For however crazy you think All Might is, or however powerful you think he is, right? For what he achieved with just his 100%. And I know you were introducing the thought that maybe the other quirks had influence on him 
I think it would literally only be five, Jim, because you wouldn't see anything black yeah. related or even with float. He just jumped around. Well, God, I mean, look, I'd say forget that, right? That's not what we need to focus on. What we should focus on is if All Might could be the man, a hundred grand with 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 the with the one for all. Midoriya could potentially reach a hundred percent and then still have access to the other quirks. Yeah. How amazing is that? Going That's the to be? idea, um, man. So here's, so I had kind, of, you know, I know y'all, I know Brian definitely had things to say, but I actually had some thoughts about this chapter too, and it only didn't hit the RGC because you know One Piece was pretty epic, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do One Piece dirty like that. And I know my Hero Academia is going to have his day in the sun very, very soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. but that's just a prediction. But look, in this chapter. I remember what Brian said about when in the fight against the muscle dude, and he was like, oh, you see, this is showing us that this is still the meteria, you know, how he's thinking and using his quirks together. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I, I wasn't really feeling you, bro, because I felt like it just wasn't that much thought put into it, and it was something we was we could predict and, and figure, like, yeah, well, you, you better be able to, figure out how to use like like your your speed and your dash and whatever but just and it's fighting against lady in the gang against someone that was really thinking and had like a sort of advantage over him as far as experience goes um how how uh like her iq you know what i'm saying yeah. even though she didn't know much about me regardless he found a way to get the advantage on her and be her he, and she had the advantage on him she had the drop on him as a sniper which is a really big deal and i think that there was a point made to that. But what Midoriya did was use his mind, but not just to just, you know, make a strategy where he would think in his head and, and try to figure out ways to win. He was actively trying to figure out how to use his quirks together to win, while at the same time under, like, a lot of heavy duration. I think this chapter showed, a, like, the growth, like, true. this chapter truly showed the growth that Midoriya, um, I guess, been through or you know inhibited i forget the word to say yeah um um and and then even as it ended how he tried to save her and talk to her and you know it it wasn't cheesy to me because she noticed like damn this kid ain't just ain't just you know blabbing bullshit like this nigga took a bullet and it still was willing to help me out after I try to smoke this dude. So he said, like, this is, she looked at him and said, damn, bro, I ain't going to lie. You the fucking truth. And, you, and you're a dead ass, like a hero that I could look up to. Yeah. My old ass. My juice, my, my Juma ass. And then she explained. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, I guess those are my thoughts. I really like this chapter. And I'm, I'm damn near considering the RGC, but I'm not, again, I'm not going to do that to them. Yeah. I mean, Jujutsu Kaisen probably would have been my second place RGC, honestly. But tight third, tight third, tight third, honestly, dude. I mean, this was a great chapter. I at first, I'll be honest, I was just like very kind of disappointed in Fajin because I I didn't put a lot of thought into it, and I was like, damn, another mobility quirk. He has like, flow. but it does yeah. have a lot of application for though. sure. Uh, after as as I gone on and thought about it, I was like, you know what, this is pretty cool. And talking to you guys today is like solidified that even more. Um, but yeah, at first I was like, damn, he's got uh black whip float, uh, and what was the other one? Damn, that was more mobility as well. Uh, the smoke screen, which is kind of like, Bleh. yeah. Come on. But, 
I honestly, this uh, this That's is the only one I feel like is super lame. Yeah, these are essentially really cool powers. Uh, he's basically Spider Man at this point. Yes, uh, Black Whip was the coolest thing that ever happened to him. Yeah, which uh, yeah, Horikoshi has said that his biggest influence is Spider Man, like as a in a superhero sense. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if his intention is basically to make him Spider-Man to a degree with it, with some extra powers thrown in like smoke screen and, um, and what, uh, what was it? Not black whip. Fajin is basically a Spider-Man power. It's like jumping really high. Uh, almost. Um, Dude, I, if I knew I could send mail directly to Hirokoshi, I would try to send him a fully, the full series of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man translated in Japanese mm. just for him to read. Hey, he's probably got it, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised. Think so? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got some Marvel comics out there. Because it was such a low-key... Was it a low-key run? Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah, it was It was pretty short. It was like seven, nine issues long. No, I, it was short in length, but was it popular? Like, was everybody reading it, or was it so. like low-key as far as like, you know, like a hidden gem? Yeah, I think it was more of a hidden gem. Oh, that's so disappointing. I know. I'm worried. I was wondering, is like, did it get canceled because it didn't sell well? Is that what it was? Because I loved it. That was a sad day. It was. A, it was beautiful. The day yeah. that we lost friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But anyway, my hero academia was great. I have no complaints. It was pretty cool. Fajin is has grown on me completely. I'm into it. Uh, Same. Yeah. There's one more thing that I actually want to say about Fajin is um, I think this is going to be a really good combo quirk. Like, I doubt he's ever going to use this for actual combat. I think he's always going to use this as to kind of become more All Might-esque in his ability to, like, get to places, like, in in one leap and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really interesting to see how Deku is kind of piecing it all together um because this is doing a lot of like visual storytelling right they're not telling you how deku figured out how to use it they're showing you how deku find out found out how to use this quirk like even when um the first time they use it in um in the in the last chapter it was like he used himself he used the smoke quirk right and then he, you see him throwing around those, uh, those um, decoys, essentially, like the cape, um, his his hood or something. That was him building up, uh, building up kinetic energy while also uh, making use of the movements that he had to make. You know, it was really fluid. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he he was already considering all that shit while actively trying a quirk that he's never used before. So Deku is really like on his A game right now. He it's like he knows what's at ri- he knows what's at risk and everything, and he knows the stakes, and he's really honing in on what his strengths are. And I think that's really fucking interesting the way Harukoshi is choosing to show that. Yeah, it's because little... um, they could constantly be talking about how he does it and all that shit, but he chooses to show instead of tell, which is really really impressive. Yeah, I appreciate that. And there is a cool bit of growth with Deku where, you know, he's learning, you know, that he can't just keep switching them on and off, that he's realizing that, oh, well, it's better if I choose 
like based on my strategy that I want to employ, I choose the quirks that are relevant to that strategy and just keep the others. Yeah. Off. You know, so I guess the only way to do that is to be a little bit reckless up top, which is, you know, why he's been like shifting through so many quirks. You know, you learn trial by fire, essentially. But yeah, and he'll he'll develop his combinations. Yeah. Oh, my That's God. really interesting. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if there's anybody who can like strategize combinations, it'll probably be Deku out of everybody. It'll be Deku, yeah. Oh Makes sense. And as he gets inspiration from his from the other fellow heroes, yeah. I like that. I like this trajectory. I'm starting to. All right. Yo, this this chapter, I ain't gonna lie, it's starting to shift my perception. I don't want to jump off the boat though, but it's this. Let it be known that here is where is where a middle ground. It it, it this it was sliding for me. And then, like, recently, it just, it was still sliding, but it was very level. <laughs> this has not only made it even, but slightly up. Like, a, the bleeding has stopped completely with this chapter. Yeah, it's cauterized, the wound. Uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, you're digging it a little bit more. I'm also starting to, like, appreciate I never, I never had, like, lost all that much faith in my hero but i do like it a little bit more you know as the chapters have been going on a little bit more direction uh here for it but i guess we got to move on now are you guys ready to randomize yes sir then let's go good black clover this is black clover chapter 295 rematch and guess what guys the audience has to say (laughs) (laughs) guess what guys (laughs) (laughs) This is However, I will say it was close this week. Um I believe Black Clover only won by ten percent of the vote. My hero, I believe, was my hero one piece, one of the two were a close second. You'll see it uh in this direction, I think. Uh <laughs> That uh, yeah, it was it was kind of close. Uh, Black Clover won it out ultimately, as it usually does. But hey, hey if you guys want to uh, cast your votes, follow us at New Jump City on Twitter and uh, cast your vote. Uh, the the poll is usually up on Sundays and all the way up to Thursdays when we usually record. So yeah, uh, let your voice be known as we get into Black Clover. These this is a cool ass cover color page, by the way. I do love this color spread. It's just like. Yeah, this was actually really fire. And Tabata's... It was different from them, too. Like, he doesn't usually do stuff like this. Yeah, they're like... It's very, like, um... Damn Kuboian? Kuboian, it's very, uh... It's, uh, you know, subtle. You know, it's not, like, uh, big bombastic, usually. I Usually, Tabata's yeah. color pages are pretty damn good. Uh, I usually really like his color pages a lot. Uh, and this is no exception. Yeah. It's unique too. It has like a, it has like a, a graininess to it. It looks like it was done on purpose, you know. Like this is like an old photo taken, but obviously it was drawn. Yeah. Damn, this does looks really nice. Well, it's the painting in the. Look like Miss Tommy. He That's like you know different from how she usually looks. I think he painted this basically. I think he like did a lot of like a lot of the yeah. colors are painted, which is pretty sick. Um, but. Yeah, let's move on to the chapter proper. Last we left off, Noel just showed up to face off against Vanica. Uh, Gaja is also there uh, to face, to free Loro Pachika. 
And uh, he's like, oh, did you get stronger? Vanica's just like, did you get stronger for me, Noelle? And not only did Noelle get stronger, she is accompanied by the water spirit. Um, Finally. Yeah. And uh, Vanica's like, ah, the water spirit, I'm so psychic. <laughs> <laughs> we get a flashback as to how uh, this connection was established. And um, I remember this uh, plant lady, but I forget her name. Uh, she basically explains that before ultimate magic or anything else, there's another power you should acquire. Isn't that right? Undine. And uh, the water spirit Undine shows Undine. up. And she explains that like because of the curse warding magic, uh, it temporarily dissolved her contract with Laura Pachika. And she decided to shift over to um, Noelle's grimoire in order to build up her strength again. Uh, so... Lit. Yeah, Noel's basically had to be has to become strong enough to become the next host for the water spirit or, you know, for whatever temporary reason. Um, but the problem is they don't get along, really, <laughs> because Undine is very honest and very blunt. Uh, so she lets her feelings known. Uh, so they explain that using half of her body, Vanica has physically manifested the Supreme Devil Megicula. And uh, while our K-Mages could finish her off, there's another possibility. That it's a stage that only a spirit host can attain. One that purifies malice and destroys evil. Saint stage. Okay, sage form Naruto. Like, okay. Yeah, right? Like, uh, um, yeah, I guess I'll get into my thoughts on the saint stage later. But um, they explain it a little further. It's like, wait a minute. Why am I doing the Saint Stage shit? Why doesn't Laurel Pachika have it? And it's basically because they didn't want Laurel Pachika to be a dick. <laughs> like, I guess this power, you know, I guess would make her strong and also a dick. So Undine was like, I wanted her to remain a good person. Um. Oh, no. I guess like Laura Pachika when she was a kid, she's very nice. She's a very sweet girl, but she can't. She was not able to earn learn a single attack spell, um, because of her kindness. But um, in theory, they could have gotten her to that point, but instead, they just kind of kept quiet for some reason. It feels arbitrary, weird. It's not. It doesn't feel exactly right. But yeah, Undine was just like, I just wanted her to keep her kind. I wanted her to stay kind. So yeah. Uh, Vanica, so not Vanica. Um, Noel is like, well, you know, you had good intentions, and I can't get mad at that. So you know what? I'll pick up the slack. Join me, and we'll re defeat Vanica and rescue Laurel Pachika. And um, yeah, Vanica just continues on talking shit while doing a massive blood blast thingy. Um, Laurel Pachika is crying because you know she's being forced into this battle, like to battle her friends. Um, Vanica sends a bunch of blood at uh at Noel, and it all gets blocked by this big water sphere. But she's like, "Just shut your mouth." Someone who laughs like someone like you who does whatever she wants and laughs like an idiot while kind people get hurt and cry. It's just sure. intolerable. And she emerges in her new form, Spirit Dive Saint Valkyrie Armor, as she goes, I'm going to destroy you. Damn, she said straight up. I thought that was pretty gangster. 
I like Noel a lot, honestly. Intolerable. Um, I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> Fuck the fancy shit. Yeah. Like, I've had enough. You're, you're sore of this planet. Yeah. Okay, so I like Noel a lot. I, I love this moment for her. Um, the Saint magic itself is a little, feels a little ass pulley, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but yeah, Noel has like so many forms. You know, it's very much a Super Saiyan effect. Where yeah, she, you know she gets form after form, and it's like, all right, where's the end of this? I think Urza is very similar from Fairy Tale as well that she just gets more different armors. Yeah, um, which you know I'm not entirely mad at. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, I do like Noel though. I think like out of all the Black Clover characters, she gets a lot of development, uh, and I I appreciate that development. I like this form too. I think it's pretty. Uh, cool. It has it's little, dope with the wings. The wings. It makes sense. A I halo. figured she would be the water, uh, you know, the the, the water uh, spirit guy. Like, yeah. No, she, I mean she is a water mage, so that works out. Uh, she has a halo on her head too. It looks cool. I like it. Um, I I'm I'm hoping that this becomes a more uh, a a battle in this similar vein as Magna's battle where. It's a little more compelling, a little deeper than, you know, kind of just the surface of saving Laurel Pachika. Um, yeah. Like, they have an actual, like, like drawn-out battle. Yeah, and, you know, there's, like, a... The thing about Magna's battle is, like, it was very character developy. You know, it was, like, very much to the core of who Magna was and all that stuff, and it kind of changed his, you know, standing in the universe as a whole. At least I like to think. Um, so I don't know. I would I would like this to be a, like a deeper battle because I don't know where the series goes after this. Uh, I, like I don't know how much further you can go than defeating the literal demon spawn from hell. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm hoping for a good fight and uh, and an interesting one at that. But those are all my thoughts on Black Clover. Um, do you guys have anything to say? Brian, any thoughts? Oh, man, fun chapter. All right. Nope, not really. <laughs> All right, guys. Without further ado, let's wrap this show up. Thank you guys so much for listening. As usual, uh, you can find me at the Chris Espinall, Brian at B.ESP, Josh at JD Cole underscore 37. Uh, follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want to talk to us about. We are open. Comment below uh, on whatever video you're watching. That would be pretty sweet. Uh, like subscribe all that stuff share the videos with your friends um you know whatever series you got i got it in little highlight breakouts or if you like full episodes also follow us on itunes spotify pandora amazon music google music uh google podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts we are on there my friends so get into it thank you guys so much for listening and stay safe new jump citizens peace out